Wonders, Hulk Bajir, and Taxons do manage to find some air buds. Welcome to the Wonder Years. For all your Animorphs rereading and eventual rewatching needs, I'm Sarah. I'm Blair. And I'm Seda. Hey. Hey. Should Ayo. I have said that I'm Melissa or like made up a whole alternate like person? Should I? Is that better? I'm somebody else. My name's Beatrice. I love to knit hats in the color blue only. Oh, no, I like that a lot. Yeah, that's I'm, you. I'm, I am. I'm a big, big fan of Beatrice here. Yeah, Beatrice has many interests collecting VHS tapes, um, but never watching movies. Oh. Um, yeah, likes to just stack them. Yeah. yeah, no I VHS to... player, I would assume. No, oh no, no. I went to a uh, I went to a party last night that was just like, uh, someone had br- like busted out like ten CRTs and like a bajillion like old video game consoles, and in their attic they just had like a wall of stacked VHS tapes. Oh my god! But also That's in the like... attic they had Guitar Hero on PlayStation Two, and I was like, this is my shit. <laughs> the uh, the thing that I keep my TV on is. But has a lip that's slightly too tall for me to see the TV over it. So my TV is technically stacked on three VHS tapes, um, a copy of Jesus Christ Superstar, a copy of Spice, the Spice World movie, uh, and a copy of, um, you remember the brand, band Prozac? I uh, don't. <laughs> you mean the Sucks to Be You band? Fuck yeah. They were like my favorite band when I was eight. Like legit. <laughs> I, I sang one of their songs at a um, talent show in grade five, I think. Oh my um, god. I loved Prozac. And one of their albums was called Hot Show. And they apparently released a VHS like companion thing i have no idea sure. what it is but because i found it at a thrift store and i was like well i have no way to watch this but i want to own it anyway mm-hmm, <laughs> so mm-hmm. they also on one of their albums had the thing where like if you put the disc in a computer there were like there's like a flash game you could like click sure. on or whatever and it would like bring you to the world wide web with your parents permission and then all that uh-huh. shit <laughs> uh they were truly ahead of their time or, no, they were very of their time. They were they very were, specifically of their time. They were, oh, the, they were the Canadian gorillas of the 90s. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty much. <laughs> they actually did have, like, deep lore. Well, I mean, not, yeah. at, not as deep as the gorillas, you might, but, like, there was a whole thing where Simon and Milo, like, met on the battlefield in, like, the 1600s, and then they both died together, and, like either kept finding each other or uh maybe time traveled um i haven't i haven't uh like <laughs> i haven't ex- <laughs> you haven't you haven't studied prozac's deep lore lately no i'm i'm digging up like memories from 1999 right now and they're not <laughs> they're not like uh super fresh it turns out <laughs> oh my god yeah um, that's kind of like the book we read. Right? I didn't even mean for that to be a segue, but that actually is very much like the book we read. <laughs> oh, that's really funny. <laughs> so we read the third Megamorphs book. Yeah, Elfingor's Secret, which, um, mm-hmm. can I just say, that title, like, I, like, I get that the Time Matrix was Elfingor's Secret, but also, like... Elfingor Elfingor was mentioned at the very start of this book and at the very end and nowhere in between. And it's like, we already knew that. We already knew that part. 
Like we yeah, are because of the book so, because of the book where Tobias because of the book where he was Tobias's dad. Yeah. So it's I think a little misleading, but I guess I have a little bit of compassion for that because um having read this book, I don't know what the fuck you <laughs> what else you'd call it. I mean the time matrix seems like an obvious pick. I guess. Um. But all, haven't all the Megamorphs had time travel? Am I making that up? At least one other one did, right? Yeah. Um, um, the first one did not. The first one was the one where Rachel got amnesia. Oh, right, right, right. Okay. You were yeah. thinking of, you were thinking of, I believe, the Predator was the name no, of that the, the one where they go into the, the jungle, but then they also go back in time and become dinosaurs. Yeah. Yeah, that's Megamorphs 2 in the time of dinosaurs, yeah. The, the, but the, what's what's funny is that like they have and they have a diegetic thing that causes time travel already, but like they were like, no, nah, we got to do a different time travel. I hate it. Like I hate it. <laughs> I I am I am so fussy with my time travel. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Um, Doctor Who is basically the only situation where I'm like, this can basically get away with it. You know, because it already is what it is. Sure. Yeah. And I mean, like, with Daku, it's funny because they have two very... There's, like, the things that you can change and the things that you can't change. And it doesn't make the most sense. And I think that that's honestly just how you should do your time travel. Don't try to do any, like, hard and fast rules because they will get broken and it will not make sense. Yeah. Right. (laughs) So just be like, yeah, no, I can change this one thing, but no, I can't do... I can't do the other one. Why? Because... Because of because of it, because yeah. of all of it, the whole thing. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> because it's more narratively interesting yeah. is basically the reason. Yeah. Um, uh, this book starts on like 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 a hundred. Yeah, and does not go down from there it's at true. any point. Well, okay, this, this book starts with a prologue about Elfengore dying, like, me- mere yards away from the time matrix, which is... Okay, okay, yeah, yeah. But so it then, goes from but then, but then the first actual chapter, very quickly. So the first actual chapter, quick rundown. Um, Cassie's family owns slaves. Uh-huh. Uh, Tobias is thinking about reporting Cassie to the... To, to the authorities for her anti-war sentiments after she uh, seems to oppose the... The murder of natives in Brazil. Uh-huh. Uh, Jake is the supreme leader, and he call- refers to himself as such. Rachel He's... isn't there and has been replaced by Melissa Chapman. Oh! Is it Melissa Chapman? Yeah, that Chapman? Melissa. Yeah. Oh, I didn't... I just thought it was a random person. Yeah, they... Um, so they, did I, but that makes sense. <laughs> I, the only reason I know is because I looked it up, because I was like... I, I read the name Melissa, and I'm like, who the fuck is... Mel- is Melissa, like, someone that Tobias fell in love with that I forgot about? <laughs> No, I thought I thought that was really funny, like that like Tobias is so hashtag straight that his love interest can just be swapped out with any yeah. other girl who enters the <laughs> I scene. The exact same thing. And like so Jake is like openly racist and anti Semitic in the first like two pages. Which is it's just like it really uh It just, does everything. It does all of the things. <laughs> um I just I don't even really know what to make of it it feels so as i was reading it i was like am i fucking high right now like am i hallucinating this these first couple chapters yeah, like, of like this the, book? these are the these are the chapters that i read um yesterday blair when i went to the 
Yeah, yeah. When I, it, when I went to the bathroom in the middle of watching a movie for fear baiting. <laughs> yeah. I was like, um, oh, I'll just shoot a quick deuce. Might as well just pop up a phone, read a couple chapters. And I'm just like, what the fuck? Yeah, no, it's insane. Um, and I, I was like, obviously I knew it wasn't gonna be like, oh, this is just how it is now. You know what I mean? Uh, but at the same time, I was like, this seems so, everything that they're doing seems so wildly out of place in Animorphs. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, to even just like, be like, what if, you know, <laughs> crazy. What if Jake was racist? Yeah, this book was such a wild leap of, of form from anything else that we've yeah. experienced. Um I mean, I, it was it was a time travel book. It wasn't really an Animorphs book. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah, I, yeah totally. I I noticed this. At, at, there's a point later on in the book where we haven't even like really heard about morphing for so long, and we're in the middle of a really dramatic uh, scene, like a whole dramatic scenario, and then they start describing morphing, and I literally had to like I did like blinking gif, you know, like <laughs> Drew Scanlon blinking, Drew Scanlon blinking, yeah. Where I was like, <laughs> oh yeah, right, we're morphing, okay. <laughs> Animorphs. <laughs> yeah. This is the fun book with the animals in it. That's yeah. right. I feel like the Megamorphs have just gotten worse and worse as they, as we've gone on. Um. Yeah, like all the Chronicles books are usually pretty good. Yeah, the, like Chronicles, pretty good books sci-fi. Have, the Chronicles books have been home runs so far because the Chronicles books gave us things like Elfengor riding in his fucking... <laughs> What what is it? Uh, mustard yellow, uh, uh, GT? Mustang or something like Mustang. that. Mustang, it is a Mustang. I Mustang think, yes. convertible. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. They deliver those such things like that. But like the first Megamorphs, I think is genuinely good with like the thing that is hunting morph energy. I think that's genuinely good because it's got a bit of like a slasher movie energy to it, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and then like the second one, like I, it wasn't great, but like it had some really good Cassie stuff in it, and I marked the fuck. I, I gotta be honest, I marked the fuck out for dinosaurs, and also there was some very Tobias stuff in it about him being obsessed with dinosaurs. Yes, which is um, always good. And then this one is just like, well, okay. Yeah, I um, yeah, I don't even. I genuinely like don't know if I formed an opinion on how good or bad this book was because it was so out of left field that I feel like I have no context to grade it on. <laughs> Does that make sense? No, yeah. totally. No, it absolutely it doesn't it just doesn't feel like an Animorphs book, you know? Yeah. Um it it feels like a weird Doctor Who episode. Like a It does. A weird... <laughs> I think it's it's interesting like reading this in the current climate. Because just as we go into the book, basically, yeah, as we've already said, there's a lot of time travel. We do end up in sort of World War II. Um, yeah. yeah. But it's complicated. World War and II, but it, the Germans aren't Nazis, I guess. Yeah, or they're like s- sort of Nazis. It's complicated because everything's changing. But it's like reading that in 2019 is very different than it probably would have been reading it in 1999. You know, right. Yeah. Just yeah. with like yeah. our current political climate. Um. Totally. <laughs> Absolutely. Um <laughs> Yeah, there's like fucking slurs alluded to in this book, which is Yeah, I can't think it's called the N-word. Yeah. Um she they actually like like she because they're time traveling, they're very honest about like because like every single time somebody sees her, they feel like they have to comment on her race. Mm-hmm. And it's like, whoa, hey, Animorphs, you're out here, huh? Okay. Yeah. 
I mean, I, I get it. Like, like I totally we, get oh, it. Oh, absolutely. We do get there's the amazing moment that I'm going to comment on now. I'm sure that we wouldn't forget it, but just in case, um, these like guys at Princeton in like the 30s or something, yeah, are 1934. Being, yeah, are being really racist and shitty to her. And she's like, "Oh, you want me to be white?" And she turns into a polar bear and starts scaring the shit out of them. <laughs> and meanwhile, Tobias is just sitting back, like, "Yep." You go, girl. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, yeah, like, that's what you do in that scene. <laughs> yeah, he's like not trying, like obviously not trying to stop her or anything. And the guys are like, "Yo, help! Like, make her stop!" And and he's like, "Maybe you shouldn't be a racist piece of shit if you don't want polar bears to yell at you." I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, these students are like remarkably cool with what's happening, though. To be honest, yeah, they yeah. are. Like, they're they're not like running off. They're just like they're able to get some inf- the animals are able to get some uh, information out of them. Yeah. Um, so essentially this weird (laughs) world that we're thrown into in the second chapter, I guess, or the first chapter after the prologue, Mm -hmm. um, the, it's the Drode, right? That's, that's Cryak's little friend. The Drode shows up. Yeah, I like the Drode. The Drode is really good. Oh, he, last time, he, he alludes again, he's like, ooh, Rachel, you're still my favorite. And he gets a line that I love that we sort of explore a little bit over the rest of the book where he's like, ah, yes, Cassie, the killer with a conscience. Kill them and then cry over them. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, oh, oh, oh. <laughs> It just makes me so excited. Cassie um, does yeah. some shit in this book. Sorry? Cassie unmakes someone. Yeah, oh, she sure does. Uh, yeah, there's a there's a lot yeah. goes on for her in this yeah. book. Yeah. A lot goes on like, for all of them. Oh, like, I, 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 I lost track of how many times each of them died. Near the end, it just sort of got silly. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But the drode shows up and is like, hey, Schlorp, back to your, back to the real timeline. Um, where Cassie does not have a slave. Where Cassie does not have a slave. And Rachel is there and not in a re-education camp for uppity females. Oh, um, God. And basically is like, hey, so the Yurk who used to be Visser 4 found the Time Matrix and is determined to go back and fuck everything up so that it's easier to take over humanity. And that's the world that he's trying to create. So I don't know if y'all want to do anything about it, but if you do, one of you going to have to die. Okay, bye. And it's like, yeah. what? Ah, ah. <laughs> um, and then, <laughs> I don't... It, I feel like we don't even have, like, foreplay in this book. You know what I mean? Like, it's just, like, now the bullshit is going to happen. Oh, yeah. yeah. Like, immediately they're thrown back to 1415 in a battlefield. Um, We get... uh, See, this is what I thought that it would be a normal Animorphs book. I started keeping track of the morphs. And um, Mm -hmm. Rachel turns into an elephant. And so I was like, haha, sprout count. Because as her tusks come out, it's like, sprout, sprout. And mm-hmm. then a knight hits her with a sword, and the word, the sound, <laughs> the sound that they wrote out was chunkth. Chunk. Chunkth. Chunkth. Chunk. Th. Yeah. Chunk. Interesting. Is the sound of an elephant being hit with a sword? Um, this is really important science, so I'm glad we're getting to the bottom of this. Yeah. That's what that's what would happen if 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 my uh, my old my old bearded dragon if he jumped on someone they've been chunked. Yep, it's oh. true. <laughs> so yeah, um, the the dro- the droid is like, hey, we don't want Visser Four to fuck up the timeline because we want to fuck up the timeline or whatever weird villainous shit they're up to, and is like, we're gonna tie your energy signatures to the Time Matrix's energy signature. So as Visser Four, 
the artist formerly known as Mr. Four sort of mm-hmm. travels around, you will be dragged around with him. Um, so, so there's so, just nights and uh, I, I, it immediately I know, sucks. <laughs> this is just yeah. because I watched Terminator last night for the first time, by the way, good movie. Um, but like, how'd they get in those clothes? Are the clothes going back too? I feel like transferring clothes? inorganic matter is a lot more difficult. Um, I, I would assume so. I, uh, I don't see why that would be true. I don't know why either, but that's just what the Terminator says, so I'm like, okay. <laughs> that's I've fair. I've never I seen think a Terminator. That I think that transporting organic matter would be a lot harder. Yeah. Because you've right, got to get I'm, all I'm, of its molecules lined up. Yeah. Right, okay, yeah, no, that's, that, you've got, you've got me there, but at the same time, I'm feeling like, what about, like, fucking, sorry, I've got, I've got, I'm kind of dizzy today for some reason, so okay. I, my brain's in a bit of a funk. Um... Where was I? Talking about tr- transporting organic. Right, right, right. Okay, I'm, ju- I'm saying I'm saying transporting both. I think would be a hassle, like like cord ca- calibrating the machine to do both. I oh, like don't the fly. Why that? Yeah, would like be the, the fly. Case. I always think that that's a silly rule to put into your thing because I don't. I think that that's such a plot device and doesn't it's, make it, any sense. It's a plot. <laughs> it's a plot device to get air to get. I called. Him, I almost called him Aaron Arnold Schwarzenegger to just show his dick. Yeah, yeah. which is oh, totally. God, God, he hangs full brain in that movie. Does he? Yeah, you see it like swinging. Huh. Oh, I hate that. No, I hate it. Oh no. Also, uh, Bill Paxton's first acting role was in that movie. Interesting. Yeah. <laughs> this has been he our played... segment: Terminator facts. Terminator facts. I honestly think this part where they're like just animals going crazy in like the 1400s is probably the most fun this book gets yeah Yeah. and then it very quickly becomes not particularly fun as like everybody as birds starts getting stomped on and then jake comes through as a yeah like cassie's there as like a horse and then to to pick up the birds that doesn't have any horse thumbs the birds have to just like put their talons into her legs and she just runs with the birds and then she gets shot and it's just like uh but the thing that is really good is then um <laughs> Tobias catches an arrow so they realize that Mr. Four is trying to kill King Henry that's like, yeah. the reason why he's at this battle and Tobias catches a fucking arrow out of the air which is so good I love that and then <laughs> he too. changes into a hork bajir because he's like oh these are old timey guys right they're probably scared of I don't know the devil and becomes a hork bajir <laughs> mm-hmm. and it's like yeah <laughs> be a hork bajir riding on your friend a horse they literally care so little about like the sensitivity of a timeline Oh, such... it's wild. Like, um, rampant. They don't, they just, they're like, who cares if this village now thinks that they saw the devil? <laughs> right. So they abscond to a church and then get, like, teleported oh, to... Oh, can I just say that in the church, um, oh, yeah. they're, they're, like, running up the steeple to find Mr. Four in the Time Matrix, and Tobias, like, skins his knee, and the fact that they took the time to be like oh no tobias is running and he skinned his knee in the context of just having all of his friends be like maimed and bloodied horribly on the battlefield is Mm -hmm. very funny (laughs) like like oh oh toby you need a band-aid babe (laughs) 
But that, but not ironically. Yeah, it's true. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So then they zoom to the Revolutionary War in America. Uh-huh. They meet uh, this this whole part is so weird because it's so full of patriotism. And like aggressively. <laughs> like aggressively. They like they meet Washington and like even the characters who are like, I don't care that much about America, but that's the guy. That's George Washington. And it's like, uh-huh. Though it is worth it just to have Marco steal Washington's boots because his feet are cold. <laughs> That's direct action. And also, Rachel calls Washington National Daddy. So that's a problem for me. <laughs> empirically, empirically, he is everyone. He is all of our daddy. He is not no. my daddy. Not Satan's daddy. I'd like to go on record as saying George Washington is not my daddy. <laughs> no, your, your country has a different daddy, and he's still alive. Mm-hmm. What? Did Daddy Trudeau, the... I'm making fun of the I'm making fun of the people who call Justin Trudeau Daddy Trudeau because people oh, call him. I that. thought you were trying to say that Justin Trudeau formed Canada, and I was like, <laughs> "Honey, you know that we've been a, a country for more than like two years, right?" Um, <laughs> you know, I, I was I was about to be insulted that you thought that little of my knowledge of Canada, but honestly, it's a fair assumption. <laughs> Just the comparison, Washington to Trudeau. Uh, it was more on the fact that both of them are called Daddy. They sure. <laughs> um. Yeah. Can- Canada didn't exist until we both respectively met Seda. Is the thing. Yeah, that's yeah. true. Mm-hmm. And then the universe uh, had to create a reason for me to to live somewhere else and to be Just the way existence. you are. To be the way I am. <laughs> so it made up Canada. It also made up Gerald. Gerald popped into existence, fully formed at the at the ripe age of like two. Yep, he uh, he's How in front of Gerald? me right now. How um, old is like that boy? Five or six. Nice. Probably. We can't be totally sure because he was he was a street cat. Mm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. And this I need is get, where I need to get a big. I need to get a really big fluffy cat so that I can complete the trifecta of this podcast. Yes. Of Mildred, Gerald, and my. Anonymous yeah. cat. Anonymous <laughs> future cat. I mean, using pictures of Andrea's cat Charles, right? Like Charles right. is Charles is very much that. Oh, they all have the same. All you haven't seen Charles? Oh, I have some pictures of Charles to show you. Um, they all have the same themed name, which is like an adult old human name. <laughs> I like that. That's good. Good podcasts. Um, um, oh, pot. So they're at the part, they're at the, they're crossing the Delaware. Is that uh-huh. correct? That's the part yes. that's happening. Yep. That and, is. And um, Visser 4, artist formerly known as Visser 4, um, went and alerted the opposing troops that it was happening. And so they all start to get shot. And I was reading this in public. I've been volunteering at a film festival this past weekend. And oh, yeah. um, while one of the films was happening, I started reading this like on my tablet, and this ended up in me just trying not to cry at the ticket table for a film festival because Jake just gets unceremoniously shot in the fucking head. Yeah, yeah. like just, just it's it's so brutal in its both in how um, quick and not i mean not dramatic isn't quite what i want to say but you know what i mean like it's it's so just simple and there's no build up to it accident and it's so fucking human yeah yeah, and not heroic and Uh it's 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 really 
like affecting. Yeah, yeah, it, it is. Yeah, it was like um, it was. It, it would have been more of like a, you know like an Infinity War kind of death because I was like, obviously Jake is not going to stay dead forever because this is Animorphs. Yeah, yeah. Um, but everyone's reaction to it is mm-hmm. uh the toughest thing about it. Marco's um, hurt me. It's, yeah, yeah. Because Marco's right beside him as he dies. Yeah. And then Cassie is a dolphin and she's trying to like get his body so that they can like separate, but there's too many bodies because there's just these boats of people are getting fired on. Mm-hmm. Um and so she loses him. And there's a moment where she's like, Oh, I can't deal with this pain. I'm just gonna be a dolphin now. Yeah. Like fuck all y'all. I'm a dolphin now. Dolphins yeah. just know that it's water is fun. Hooray. And then pretty much immediately they get transported again. Yep, to Trafalgar. Trafalgar. Yeah, Trafalgar. Ew, this book is so fucking chaotic. Yeah, there's. So we're, and there... we're blazing through it too. Like we are already at the halfway point of the book. I think. Well, the thing is, like, there's a lot that goes on, but it is mostly just kids get moved to a new horrible, bloody scene and barely yeah. survive or don't survive. Yeah. And yeah. then go to a new one. Yeah. yeah. Um, Rachel gets bisected by a like Rachel gets cut in half hamburger style by a cannon as while she is in a ra- while she is a chimpanzee. Yeah, uh-huh. because there's, she like they... she 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 corners Visor for it and she's like, "I've got you now. There's no way out." And then a cannonball just like, like I said, cuts her in half hot hamburger style. Yeah, there's they're on a ship. Um, they're like on a navy ship, and uh-huh. uh, Rachel turns into a chimpanzee to like chase after him because they're good climbers there's also a moment i don't remember who it is is um like sprinting after uh viscer four as he's trying to escape and they're they describe like oh my bare feet on tilting wood that had been sprinkled with sand to sop up the blood it's just like it's so um it does really well in not glorifying war which makes sense because that's that's animorph animorphs is definitely about the horrors of war like that's a major running theme of it but having it explore like actual real life battles that have happened and not romanticize them at all and actually be like like at, at in about a minute and a half they're all going to get sent to uh the shore on D-Day and Marco basically is like, "Oh, I just got PTSD. I just noticed myself getting PTSD. I'm never going to forget this." And yeah. It's like it's it's so like honest about just I I think it's interesting that we didn't get a lot of axe chapters, but the ones that we did um were really good because they he, they had axe being like what the fuck is yes. this yes. what humanity is like? Yeah, cuz yeah. uh, during, during in his in his chap, in the chapter that he gets during D-Day, like he learns about what the Holocaust is. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and it's 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 super interesting cuz I think he kind of had this conception of humans as like the good guys, you know? Yeah. Sure. Like like oh sure maybe like the meat industry sucks, but they're they're fine, you know? Yeah, he um, he he mentions he's like not for the first time but with renewed vigor. I thought of, I wondered whether the Yerks had like a full concept of the species they were trying to take over. Mm-hmm. And I think that's interesting because it has a lot of layers to it where it's like, first of all, I think that maybe the Yerks have underestimated the brutality of humans and the fight that they'll put up. Yes. But also almost being like, 
maybe there aren't good guys in this. Maybe this is just trying to, like, stop humanity from being used as a vehicle for violence on other planets. But that doesn't mean that there is, they aren't a vehicle for violence on their own planet. Right. Yeah. Um, very nuanced. Um, yeah, if, if so this, this book is... I don't, again, I think I feel similarly about it how you do. I don't know if I like it or if I don't like it, but I think it has some very interesting things to say about some things, you know? Yeah. Oh, um, and so um, there's no America in this. Yeah. <laughs> in this it just doesn't exist anymore. Because the thing is that Washington died three days after uh, trying to cross the Delaware and so never made America. And so Which I is guess, insane to me. Yeah. Because I feel like someone else would have stepped in. Yeah. Like it's he was, not like Washington was the one guy who was like, hey, guys, what if we make America? <laughs> right. Like there were other people. Um, it's, but it, it's yeah. fine. It's, it's, it's a book for preteens. Yeah. yeah. Fine. <laughs> but they go to, they, they go to Princeton and then Cassie is like, Cassie doesn't, Cassie like just doesn't show up for the entirety of the Trafalgar uh, chapters. Because she is just being a dolphin, and then uh, at, once they go to Princeton, uh, she just like she's just like a dolphin on land. And she's like, well, I guess I can't this really sucks. do that anymore. Yeah, <laughs> should and be more if I guess being an adult. This is the moment where we like run into the students who at first they're like, oh wow, there's a dolphin, and then they're like, wait a second, that dolphin's turning into a human. Wait a second, that dolphin's turning into a black human, and it's like. <sighs> This is what you're focusing on here, huh? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, it and seems to be one particular student. There's, there's the rest of them are really just like, one, yeah. Davis, you hooligan. Yeah. <laughs> you can't just go around calling strangers the N-word. Yeah, it's... And then while this is all happening, while Cassie is being amazing and just bullying these people as a polar bear, uh, Rachel just kind of walks up. And it's like, hey, guys. <laughs> I just I remember turning into a chimpanzee and then that's it. And they're like, wait, so they basically figure out that the price for being able to fix their world was that one of them had to die, but that also means that there was an agreement that only one of them could die. Um, sure. And later on, they're going to start testing that theory uh, pretty aggressively. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, and this is this is the part that I thought, I thought this was really cool. Um this is where they start to realize that Visser 4's thing is not going according to plan at all because he doesn't seem to understand the complexity of human history and how yeah. fucking something up will really set it like throw everything else off course because they they they're like why are we at Princeton like what could possibly be important here and then they realize that uh, V4 was expecting Einstein to be there mm -hmm. and he was going to kill Einstein and prevent the atomic bomb from being invented which to their credit they're like is that a bad thing? Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, um, but So that's when they're sort of like oh wow so V4 doesn't even really know what we're doing because <laughs> he, doesn't, he doesn't know the consequences of his actions. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I believe they say that he outsmarted himself basically. Yes. Yeah. Um, so even 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 it's just uh, a shit the fucking, show. even the 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 human that he's controlling uh the name of John Berryman who yeah who was a failed actor 
Isn't that the isn't that the same isn't that the same name as the guy who plays Jack Harkness on Doctor Who? No, Barrowman. Barrowman. They're very yeah. close. Though. They are very close. That's true. <laughs> it's it's weirdly cognizant because John Barrowman wasn't a thing. I don't think John Barrowman was like a name until he was Jack Harkness at least, and that was not for like four or five more years. Yeah, but I don't think he read Animorphs and was like, hey. I would love to see Jack Barrowman play this character. Oh my oh god. god. <laughs> that would be really fun. But like but like Doctor Who John Barrowman, not Torchwood Jack Barrowman. Oh oh god. Bless his heart. Torchwood watching. We cannot get onto it on air because it is a complicated answer. <laughs> okay, Seda, Seda, we are at the we are at the eighty percent mark of the book, and we are at the thirty three minute mark of this podcast. Probably about thirty after editing. I think we can make this divergence. I have been watching a lot of Doctor Who with Andrea lately, and I need a vessel to output it in. Please permit me this. Um, I would say, so what I did is I basically watched. A season and a half of it before I just couldn't anymore. So just do that. Just do just do what I no, do when I watch TV. Is, the thing is, Blair, you missed the absolute best season of Torchwood, which is oh. the the uh, fourth season. I want to say sure. Um, so basically, the first three seasons, it's uh, two or three seasons. I don't remember. I think three seasons are your standard episodic. Some very good stuff, a lot of really, really, truly just garbage, stupid stuff. <laughs> and then the fourth season, third or fourth season, I'm just going to keep fucking this up, is um, a miniseries. Um, they do two miniseries, basically, for like the second, for the fourth and fifth um, seasons. And mm-hmm. the first one is called Children of Earth. Mm-hmm. And it is season three. Okay, there we go. Season three is called Children of Earth, and it's a mini series um, where all of the kids of Earth get taken over by aliens, and it's like so good, and actually deals with like a lot of like moral complexity, and is like sort of the best, most interesting parts of Doctor Who, but only the darkness because it's Torchwood, and like actually is like really really good and really worth watching and then series four is called miracle day and basically everyone stops dying and it's really good for the first half and then just fucking is not worth it for the second half oh no um i I, I have one grievance i need to get off my chest and i'm certain that i'm going to be preaching to the choir about this can i just talk for a minute about the way that the christmas invasion ended um oh it's just like a nothing episode the, well, the way that it ends, do you remember how it ends? Um, I'm, not good just, with, I'm not good with titles, so you're going to have to. Okay, this. Christmas Invasion is the one where it ends with the the, the uh, evil alien race that cuts off the David Tennant's arm. Uh, they fly off and surrender, and then Harriet Jones, Prime Minister, uses Torchwood technology to fucking nuke them from orbit. And then Doctor the Doctor uh, uh, fucking... Sh- uh, put uh, topples her uh, her fucking leadership by just saying to one of her aides, "Doesn't she look tired?" Yeah, yeah. You don't like that? Oh no, I love that. That's great. <laughs> oh. I, it's great, and I love to see it. Well, you said oh. it was a grievance. The thing is that it's very good. It's it's just such a weird dissonance of like Russ T Davies having the cognizance to realize that that is that that was that is enough combined with sexism to like just stop someone's like 
golden age, but also then having that come out of the mouth of the protagonist like it's a court, like we're supposed to agree with that, I think. Well, he was pissed because she did a genocide, right? I mean, yeah, she did do a genocide. He's um, really he's really hard on genocide. I mean, yeah, to be, to, I mean, fair. But, like, my grievance is that, like, Harriet Jones should not have done that, and they could have just cut the entire last five minutes of that episode out, and it would have been the exact same thing. Mm. Um, did, uh, did Harriet Jones utilize girl power when she did a genocide? <laughs> uh-huh. I just I I loved Harriet Jones in the the um the she was the only good part of the episode with the fart aliens. Oh yeah. Um, uh and then she was a really good part of the Christmas invasion until the last 5 minutes when she does a genocide. Yeah. Yeah, it's, she's a, um, she's a great character. I am pretty interesting sure that character. I'm pretty sure that that's based on something that happened to Margaret Thatcher though. Oh, okay. Um but I mean, fuck Thatcher, obviously. But right, there, right. there was like something that's. I remember reading that there was like an aide. One of her aides said that she looked tired, and so there was like speculation on her leadership. Literally the exact same thing that happened. But uh, I mean, yeah, that that happened too. Like, remember? I I, I don't know if you would remember Seda, but uh, Blair, I'm sure you remember when uh, Hillary Clinton like stumbled when stepping out of a limo, and people were oh, like, and there was oh my that god, whole is pneumonia she dying? thing too. Sarah, yeah. I'm on the same internet that you are. I still have to see that shit. <laughs> you got a point. You got a point. <laughs> Um, anyway, so Doctor Who grievance over. <laughs> <laughs> and thus concludes our Doctor Who segment of this podcast. Yeah. Um, oh, wait, hold on. You, the thing that started this, fuck Torchwood, <laughs> Jack Harkness so much. Because yeah. he's, he's like a stupid, horny, like, he's just like a, he's like a himbo. He's like peak himbo in yeah. Doctor Who. It's really fun. He's a blast. But then he becomes this, like, super serious, sexy, brooding, yeah. I've seen so much shit. And I'm like, I don't fucking care. That's like, it's, he's like, he becomes the version of Jack Harkness that he thinks he is. Yes, totally. Ugh. Yeah. Um, it's, it's almost like opposite Angel syndrome where like Angel in Buffy just has to be serious and dramatic all of the time. And then when he got his own series, we were able to spend enough time with him that we saw that he's just also sort of a goof, uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> which is great. That's what you want. That's what a series, a series should just develop the character out and make them more likable, not necessarily just make them more tortured. <laughs> yeah. And a dick bag too. Just like so mean. Yeah. Very Ugh. holier than thou. Uh, it's like you anyway. didn't even choose to be immortal. You fuck. It was an accident. Um, anyway, yes. (laughs) (laughs) Um, but he does some gay shit, which is fun. (laughs) He does do a lot of gay shit, which is very good. Uh, Um, more of that. More of (laughs) Please. (laughs) Yeah, so then then they're, then they're on the shore at D-Day. Axe is not super stoked about humanity anymore, which is fair. Um, he is a bird. And a guy gets shot and, like, falls on top of him. And then the doctor comes over to try and comfort him with lies about how he's probably not going to die. And then the doctor gets shot and also falls on top of him. Yeah. I remember, and I remember, like, I, I, read this book as a, I read this book as a kid and that scene, like, burned itself into my brain. It's so, I, I posted on Twitter a joke about, like, there's a, the beginning of one of the Jake chapters is, has some guys being like, Oi, that horse is beautiful. What do you reckon? Where do you reckon it came from? And then Jake is like, I am that horse. 
I almost posted this same and thing I was too. like I was like that's Animorphs and then the next tweet I posted was just a screen cap of this like really horrific description of soldiers dying in the mud and slowly crushing one of the protagonists to death and I was like this is also Animorphs just to be clear <laughs> and yeah this um, is when hold on hey, hold on let me make a joke Mads Mikkelsen voice I am the horse oh I don't get. Oh, oh! In, the, in that interview he did when he was like the 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 the, per, the bitch who would better have uh, Rihanna's money oh. in the music video for "Bitch Better Have My Money," oh, and he yeah. said in the he's in the interview, "I am the bitch." <laughs> yes, it that made me think of you. Remember those videos that Will Ferrell did for "Funny or Die" with the little kid? It the most the one most famous one being the like Pearl the landlord one. I don't they're, know this one, actually. Oh, really? Oh, they're from, like, 2002 or something like that. Like, maybe not that early, but very early. And basically, I was an infant. <laughs> it's funny because, like, oh, it's a little kid being mean and saying swear words or whatever. And they also uh-huh. did one where she was the police chief. And she's, like, <laughs> she's basically committing br- police brutality. And then Will Ferrell is, like, where do you, like, stop. This is illegal. And she just goes, I am the law. And, like, hangs <laughs> up a phone. Yeah. <laughs> it's good. Yeah. <laughs> um, that's it. That's also Animorphs. That is that's very Animorphs. Just a baby who is the law. Mm-hmm. Oh, no. It's true. And this is, yeah, when Rachel tries to explain the Holocaust to Axe, and Axe is like, hey, I think you fucked up some of your numbers there because you just told me that six million people died. And she's like, nah, dog. And we learned yeah. her dad is Jewish. I don't think we knew that before. No, I don't, I think, don't think so either. Um, Which is I, I just like learning more things about their yeah, family um and i so this part i thought was really interesting because so first of all we get an amazing line from rachel where she's like yeah you and x go get the time matrix i'm getting a nazi like fuck you guys you guys can do your mission i'm gonna go kill some nazis and it's like yeah dude and then mm-hmm. um uh, there's a truck driver who turns out to be Hitler. But because timelines are different, he's just some guy. Um, So they begin talking about that. And I think what's really interesting, especially in the current political climate, is that when they're discussing the quote-unquote ethics of killing Hitler, it's never implied that killing Hitler or any, like, terrible person would be wrong, just that it's more complicated when you're in diverging timelines where yeah. they aren't necessarily the person they are. Like, it's never argued that he doesn't absolutely deserve to be violently slaughtered. It's just arguing whether this version of him deserves to be violently slaughtered. Mm-hmm. Which I think is not necessarily the way that, like, the nuance would be explored now, let's say. Sure. <laughs> um yeah and then tobias tobias threatens to kill him and wants to kill him and grabs him and plans to kill him but then ends up doing it accidentally when he gets shot which (laughs) is like yeah fair enough yeah (laughs) um meanwhile rachel's like finding grenades (laughs) yeah yeah i uh yeah um uh, things so the ending is like there's like like three chapters where everything just ends right like i feel like there's not much of a downfall for this yeah no it's just like rachel drops a bunch of grenades into a tank uh as a bird yeah uh and then they talk about like the 
where they talk about how to bring Jake back from the dead, and also the year it comes out of John Berryman's head. Well, because he gets crushed when yes, just, like yes. flying debris, and the Yerk crawls out, and uh, they talked. I like. I really like their conversation with him, and I it was like heartbreaking how it starts with like, "Holy shit, you're humans! What the fuck? You're kids! You you're kids! Do you know how much the Yerks hate you guys? <laughs> oh my god, you're just a bunch of kids! Oh no!" And it's like, "Yeah, dude." And yeah. then this moment was a lot. Marco picks up the Yerk, formerly known as Visser 4, uh, and is like, well, somebody's got to kill it. And everybody refuses. Um, and Cassie's like, well, starving, like letting letting him just le- like starve slowly of lack of Candrona rays is, is too cruel. And so, and but everybody is like, no, I've got too much blood on my hands already. And so Marco just throws him into a fire. Well, someone's which gotta is, do it. Someone, someone's gotta do it, but just the way that it went down was like tough. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, um Oh, this reveal is so good. They're like trying to figure out the guy's plan, so they're talking to John Berryman and they're like, We think that we know why he went everywhere he went, except for that one time when he tried to kill King Henry. Why was he trying to kill King Henry? I love this And he's like, oh, well, you know how I was an actor? I I memorized all of Shakespeare's play, King Henry, uh, and I would just recite it. I never stopped fighting. I wouldn't let him sleep. I would just recite it 24-7. And so he was going to kill Henry just so Shakespeare would never write about him purely to spite me. (laughs) It's It's so funny. It's so funny. Yeah. Oh, my God. (laughs) Yeah, and then Cassie steps in. Yeah. (laughs) Basically, she's like, well, they're, they're all kind of like, well, we need to stop Berryman from ever becoming a controller. And, I mean, honestly, a fucking shout out to John Berryman. He kind of rules, um, first of all, for annoying the shit out of the Yerk and just driving mm-hmm. him crazy. And then when they're like, hey, bud, how did your parents meet? And he's like, he has like the moment of realization where he's like, oh, yeah, the only way that we can make sure I never become a controller is that I never get born. Yeah. And so he like <laughs> looks at them kind of shocked and then is just tells them. Uh-huh. And so they go back and this is another thing where I, I it, they they're debating the ethics uh-huh. as they are wont to do in animorphs uh-huh. of unmaking somebody right. by by stopping them from meeting and then they're so busy trying to make that choice that the choice makes itself and <laughs> they realize that they their discussion has distracted john berryman's mom and so she never met his dad and so it's just done there yeah. it is yep whoopsie um, yeah <laughs> which seems like the simplest solution to this everything yeah you know yeah um uh it sucks for like ethical reasons but it's just like man <laughs> maybe <laughs> if, if if the the if what uh the uh, oh god what is it called the drood the dro- the droid was like, hey, how about 1967 San Francisco? Um, they probably could have avoided this whole thing immediately. Right? Yeah. No, instead we just had to send the kids to a whole bunch of wars. Well, I mean, yeah. to be fair, they were tied to the, the, the Time Matrix's like, heat signature, so they kind of had to follow wherever Visor 4 was going, right? 
Well, but yeah. they've, the the Elemist has time traveled them before, or like yeah, other, like you point. know. But also like plot device, the agreement that he has with Cryak. The fact that the Drode is involved means probably that Cryak's got a closer eye on the Elemist in this case, so he can't really mm-hmm. do anything like that without violating the the rules. Yes, but if no, I totally get it. I get, it happens, I get it though. But it's also a little frustrating to be like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, this was this had such a simple and almost accidental solution. Yeah. It's, yeah. Um, so the timeline's good. Uh, so Jake isn't dead. <laughs> Jake is alive. And that's that's Animorphs. Yeah. I yeah. think that might be the fastest we've ever finished talking about a, an Animorphs book. There just mm-hmm. honestly, I think, isn't that much to, to to talk about in this book. Yeah, you're, you're, you're right. And you should say it. I did. Good. Okay. <laughs> well, one for one. <laughs> Was right and did say it. Good job. Good job. Say the nice one. Thanks. <laughs> because, got- and I mean, just to reiterate, this is not particularly an anamorphs book. This is very right. much a time travel book. Yeah. yeah. Which, like, and I think that th- talking about the like far-reaching implications of changing parts of history can be interesting but i think that they're more interesting to discuss when you change something very small and big things happen yeah not like oh let's uninvent the atomic bomb like no shit that's gonna change the future no fucking (laughs) like obviously that's gonna change the future um it's it's but it's weird that well i guess we don't really know the the exact situations that aligned for um, uh, Nega Animorphs to come about, but if if the if it did happen where the atomic bomb wasn't created, uh, that says some interesting things about the creation of the atomic bomb. It might uh, just be like, <laughs> and you know, like just and this also happened. Yeah. Uh, also, also a fun thing that I liked about uh, the 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 Nega Animorphs timeline that I thought was very funny. Was that it's 1999 and Marco was, like, talking about the newest hot video game of Pong. Oh, yes. Oh, right, because they were, like, oh, I didn't even, I didn't, I didn't make that connection that they're, like, really far behind technologically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That makes sense. Yep. I I (laughs) forgot that Pong was, like, a real early one, and I was just, like, I don't, you're just talking about Pong now, Marco, huh? Okay. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Anything that happened in the past two decades, like, like, two decades ago, um, could have happened any time within the span of human history. Yeah, yeah basically. <laughs> um, well, goodness gracious. Um, do we want to get into some questions? Sure. This que- uh, this question from at Heavenly, that's Heavenly without any of the vowels, uh, Heavenly Evan, you like AUs? How about an AU where all your favorite characters are literally fascists? We did touch on this. Yeah. Yeah. Can I say, um, I don't like this AU. No. <laughs> like, and I do like AUs, but yeah, I don't I, know if I... Oh, man. Animorphs Coffee Shop AU. <laughs> um, Listen, it's popular because it's good. That is an opinion I didn't expect you, to, you of all people, to profess. I didn't know you had particular opinions about Coffee Shop AUs. No, I don't. I don't, actually. That was just a joke. But, like, I conceptually, in this case, I do like the idea of an Animorphs Coffee Shop AU. I think like, I'm like I wanted... Jake being like a manager who like tries to tell everyone that he's he's more their their coworker than he is their manager. No, that's not Jake. <laughs> it's not. 
I I want to say that I like coffee shop AUs, but the thing is, I only read good fan fiction, so I don't know if I actually do or if I just like good fan fiction. <laughs> yeah, because you get you get fan fiction filtered through me, well, basically. I, for some things, not for, for some like, things, campaign and stuff. Right, have, right, right. I have, I have a couple of my own interests, just not very many. <laughs> <laughs> We're not literally the same person. Crazy. If you find any like good anim, if you find any like good Animorphs AU fan fiction where like they're all happy, if you could just like pass that along to me. I'm not um, touching Animorphs fan fiction until we finish. That's same. a very good point, actually. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the temptation is certainly there, though. I have oh, definitely same. like looked at AO3 and thought about it. Yeah. But uh, I there know... Is, there is exactly one fan fiction that I have read that I know for a fact is spoiler-free, and I would link to you, either of you if you wanted it. It's just about Tobias realizing that she is actually a trans girl and not a boy. Oh, cool. Um, it's short, yeah. but it's good. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, I w- Once we're done with Animorphs, I'm going to become the next big name fan in the Animorphs fandom. Oh my god, please, please. we have, we have fiction. like none. Like our big, our big name fan right now, I think is like, uh, 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 oh, what the fuck's her name? The one who does the, uh, the one, the Adventure Zone graphic novel. Carrie Peach? Carrie Peach, does yes. Do, does she do Animorphs fan art? She didn't, she did an Animorphs podcast. She was one of the hosts oh of Oh god, Wolf that's Club. right. <laughs> forgot about that <laughs> yeah um so yeah uh, you you need to usurp carrie peach i don't know if i have that kind of power but i will certainly try <laughs> um <laughs> fabulous uh if you uh so thank you all for listening this week if you um want to contact the show to ask us questions you can do so um at fear bait no, different podcast fucking hell uh one <laughs> yorks on twitter. twitter um uh just hit us up our dms are also open if you want to send us shit there yeah. um and if you want to support the show you can uh find us on patreon at patreon.com forward slash fear baiting uh one dollar a month will get you early access to episodes and voting on polls five dollars a month will get you a shout out on each episode uh ten dollars a month will get uh give you the opportunity to tell us to watch a movie on fear baiting uh, which is our sister podcast for me and sarah uh, talk about horror movies. Um, uh, so yeah, I actually should pull up the Patreon list right now. So Thank you very see. much to Michael Kaiser, Paul Moran, Kit Spindler, Paul Bechtel, Ducky Aisha, and Sophie. We love you. Yes. Um, if you want to find me on the internet or blairkitch.tumblr.com. Uh, if you want to find me, I'm uh, at SunHatGenia on Twitter or on Mastodon at Snouts.online. Uh, you can also listen to me on Henry Kissinger's Pokemon Going to Die, the leftism podcast that I'm on. And I was also on an episode of uh, Friend of the Podcast, uh, Alex and Stephanie's uh, Sex in the City podcast, City Girls Make Do, recently. And it was a really fucking good, a really fucking fun time and a good episode because I listened to it and I was like, this is a good episode. I'm on Twitter at nudity with an EA instead of a Y, or you can check out my other podcast where I solve small problems with small songs at Music for Mole Hills, or all of my other music at gaygothvibes.online. Nice. Nice, nice, nice. Um, yeah, so thank you all for listening this week. Uh, we will get you again in a couple weeks with the next uh, Mainline Animorphs book, I believe the 30th one. Yeah, um, wow. Holy shit. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, but until then, I have 
been Blair. I'm still Sarah. I'm Beatrice. I love VHS tapes because they stack so well. <laughs> and remember, keep uh, your hand on the escafil. On Matrix. Yeah. <laughs>